Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Be a church today. We are excited. The summer is upon us, and we are just a few weeks away, and our summer semester of Grow Groups will begin the week of June the 6th, and so here in the month of May, you're going to be getting information as the weeks come uh, of the groups that are going to be available during the summer, and so our summer semester is a shorter semester than, than our uh, spring and fall but we encourage you to get plugged into a group. We know that people are vacationing, and come on, somebody, anybody excited about vacation? We're going to vacation this summer, and I'm excited about it, but uh, we want you to be connected in community, uh, growing together. Let's not take the summer off of, uh, of doing what Jesus has called us to do, amen? And so we are kicking off Grow Groups June the 6th. And uh, you'll be getting more information about that. And then next steps, we mentioned it last week, and I want to mention it again. Sunday, May the 23rd, so three weeks from today, right here at Heritage Hall, uh, we're going to have child care provided for you. And uh, what we're doing is we are uh, doing all of this in one session, and so you're going to get all the vision, all the, the mission, the how we're structured, all of the information that we feel is important for you to get. But not only that, it's going to be an opportunity for you to ask questions, get involved, get on the team. And uh, as we prepare to move into a new facility, we want to be able to serve people well, and we want to build thriving teams, and so we want you on the team. I am unapologetically telling you we want you on the team. Come on. Look at your neighbor right now. Come on, look at somebody in the eye right now. Say, they need you on the team. And so you need to get on the team. So be here Sunday, May the 23rd, 5 o'clock. Uh, if you need child care on, on the Church Center app, you just saw a video of it. Um, it's, it. You need to download the Church Center app. It's a great way to stay connected. You can get the calendar. You can get the messages. You can uh, register for things, give, uh, see all of the groups that are available. All of that is on the app. And so uh, one of the things that you can do on there is you can register for next steps to let us know you're coming. And also there's another link to register if your kids are going to be a part of child care so that we can have uh, adequate help and be prepared for you. So keep that in mind, and we can't wait to see you on Sunday, May 23rd at 5 o'clock. Well, we began a new series last week that we're calling Life on the Edge. Life on the Edge. And we, uh, what we're doing in this series is we're taking the, the word edge and we're breaking it into four parts. And uh, I felt like the Lord kind of gave me this creative way to talk about these four things as each letter of the word edge is going to be the the, the beginning letter of the title of that message and what we're talking about each week. And so we're looking at different ways that we're called to live our lives as followers of Jesus. And so last weekend, we, we, we got this simple definition of the word edge, just so you can be on the same page with us and kind of what we're talking about in regards to this. Edge is simply this. It's the sharpened side of the blade of a cutting implement or a weapon. And we said last week that knives have two sides, right? There's most knives have the sharp edge and the dull edge, right? There's you don't pull out a knife to use the dull side of the knife, you pull it out to use the sharp side. And so we want to be sharp. We want to sharpen our edge and live as believers and followers of Jesus the way that we're called to live. 
And uh, I think that sometimes we have a tendency to live our lives on the dull side and not really impacting the world around us. We're just kind of going through the motions. Anybody ever been in a, in, a, in a funk and you were just going through the motions? You were showing up to church. You were, you know, you were just doing the thing, but you really weren't impacting anybody. <laughs> you weren't even being impacted yourself because you were just going through the motions. And that's not how God has called us to live our lives. He wants us to make a difference for the kingdom. And so here's what Jesus said when he was talking directly to his disciples. And we're gonna look at this every week in this series, just two verses kind of that have become our theme verses for this series. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me. And then it gives us really a definition of what Jesus meant when he said, follow me. It's believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death, but whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. And the one thing that I find interesting in this statement is that Jesus said, if you read this in the Amplified or if you study into this word, and I love how you know the Amplified kind of gives you a breakdown of what is meant by that phrase or by that specific word as you read that translation. And it says that Jesus was meaning as a part of following him, it was conforming to his example of living. What is part of following after Jesus? It means that you are going to conform to his example of of living. Following Jesus doesn't look like living however you want to live. We want it to. We would love for it to be as simple as, I heard one, uh, one pastor say it this way, he said that in our, in our church culture, a lot of us have dumbed it down to where Jesus said, follow me, and we've kind of said, believe in. <laughs> so instead of follow me, all I really do is just believe in. How many of you know that a lot of us can just believe in and change nothing? A lot of us can just believe in and not follow. And Jesus said, follow. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to take up your cross every day and you need to follow me. And part of that is that you need to conform. You need to conform to my example of living. And so what does it look like to live this way? And that's what we're kind of talking about, uh, just some different areas in our lives as we go through this series. And last week we talked about being emptied of ourselves. And we, we saw that when John was tempted, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to the message or watch it. Uh, but when John was tempted to make his life or his ministry or his assignment all about him, his response was simply this, that Jesus must become greater and I must become less. When tempted to, whoo, are you not bothered by this? Do you not need to, when being tempted by whatever, by whoever to make it all about him and his ministry and his assignment and, 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 and just build yourself up and this is all about you, John fought off the temptation and his pride was not wounded and he simply said, he has got to become greater and I have got to become less. It's not about me, it's about him and how I can bring him glory. And so today, as we continue our series, I want to talk to you on this title. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? And so the question or questions that I want us to try to answer today, uh, as I put them down here, is, is how are we called to be different? What, is it, what does it look like for us as a Christian to be different? Or what are some things that believers should do differently? If you are following Jesus, what are some things that you should do differently and here's point number one and we're going to go through these and kind of talk about them a little bit as we go through these three things but here's number one think differently 
as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, as a believer, whatever title you want to put on it, we are called to think differently. And as we're talking about how we're called to be different, why are we starting with our thoughts? Well, I find it uh, encouraging to me to see some scripture that talks about our thought patterns and the way that we think. And one of them that I want to start with is Proverbs 4.23. And I love the New Century Version because it says it this way. Be careful what you think. Why? Because your thoughts run your life. Be careful what you think. If you study this word, you'll find out some translations say guard your heart. Be careful what you think. And this word really at its depth is talking about your innermost being, your mind. It's, it's, it's the patterns that you have in your life. And that's why I love the way that this translates it, that you need to be careful what you think about. Because your thoughts run your life. Have you ever noticed as you've been living your life that your thoughts were running your life? And what you were thinking about determined what you did and how you did it and where you went and where you didn't go and how you treated somebody all because of what you were thinking. It was all based on your thought patterns. And the writer of this proverb, he uses wording that I believe is so important for us to understand if you'll go with me here for just a moment. And this wording that is used is a picture of confinement, almost like some of definitions said jail, prison, standing guard. And so when we think about, you know, when we think about this, this casual, some of us think about, well, I need to be careful what I think, and we do it in this casual way. We're so casual about what, like, you ever said this before? Well, I probably shouldn't be thinking that. <laughs> well, I know I shouldn't be thinking that, but. Well, I probably shouldn't go there with my thoughts, but. <laughs> and it's just this casual, well, I should kind of watch what I think about. I should kind of, you know, pay attention to my thought patterns and how I'm thinking as I go through my life. But if you really study this. Literally, this is saying that it is such a big deal for you to guard your thoughts that you need to view it as your thoughts being confined and you are standing guard and nothing is getting in that doesn't need to get in and nothing is getting out that doesn't need to get out. You are serious about this. You are standing guard over your thought life. How many of us stand guard over our thought life? We're too casual. We just let our thoughts go wherever our thoughts go. <laughs> well, I just had a thought the other day and just acted on that. You have to be careful what you think about. Why? Because your thoughts run your life. Your thought patterns will determine what you do and what you say and who you're around and where you go and where you don't go. It matters. It matters. Your thoughts have a profound impact on your life. Have you, ever, have you ever fallen into the trap of negative thought patterns? And normally, normally it starts, you know, like, well, you just had a negative thought and you were just frustrated about something. And, and well, I just kind of, I went there with my thoughts and I don't really need to think that. And then it turned, have you ever had it turn into, come on, let's just be honest today. Have you ever had it turn into where it started off as a little thing? And then you found yourself and all you could see was the negative. All you could think about was the negative. All you ever thought about when somebody said something, negative. When somebody did something, negative. When somebody said this, negative. When somebody didn't show up, negative. Like everything was negative. That's 
because your thoughts are running your life. And you've got to learn how to change your thought patterns. You've got to be careful what you think about. Maybe some of us are even there right now, and, and all you can think about is just the negative, the negative going on in the world, the negative going on in this person's life, and the negative going on in your life, and the negative going on in your family, and the negative with that situation, and all you can see is the negative. Romans 12, 2, many of us, we know this verse that says, Do not be shaped by this world, instead be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide. Somebody say, then. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. You will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. When? When you are changed from within by a new way of thinking. Your thoughts matter. Are you allowing the world around you to shape your thoughts, your actions, your perspective? Or are you being shaped by a renewed mind? Which then begs the question, how do we renew our mind? You've got to get in God's word. You've got to get in God's word. If you want your mind to be renewed, you've got to know the truth. How do I renew my mind? Every day I get in God's word, I'm renewing my mind. How do I renew? Tomorrow I'm going to get in God's word, I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to renew my mind to the truth. I'm going to renew my mind to what God says. I'm going to renew my mind to who God says I am. I'm going to renew my mind mind don't be conformed one translation says don't just fit in casually with the customs of the world but be transformed by a new way of thinking you don't just need to know what the bible says you need to let it change you how many of you know that god is always right If you disagree with God, guess who's wrong? (laughs) If you have a different viewpoint on something that God said, guess who's wrong? It's not God. You just need your mind renewed. You just have a wrong pattern of thinking. You just need your mind renewed to what God says is right. It's when we have our minds renewed that we can truly know God's will for our life. Paul knew that his thoughts mattered to the extent that he said this in 2 Corinthians 10.5. He said, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We need to be careful what we think about because our thoughts run our life. We have, to, we have to take our thoughts captive and we need to renew our minds with God's word. And so as followers of Jesus, we're called to think differently. Listen, when the world thinks it's impossible, believers think God is able. It's, it's different. It's a different way of thinking. When the world thinks it's necessary to compromise, believers think the truth of God's word is the standard. It's a different way of thinking. When the world thinks there's not any hope, believers think that all things are possible with God. When the world thinks that we should just live for ourselves and do what we want, believers think that our lives are meant to honor God in every way. It's not about you doing whatever you want. It's not about you doing whatever you feel. It's a different way of thinking. You're not your own. Come on, we talked about that some last week. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Our lives are meant to honor God. As followers of Jesus, we think differently here's point number two we speak differently we speak differently not only do we think differently but we speak differently well pastor gabe what is 
does what I say actually matter all that much? I mean, is it really that big of a deal what I say from day to day? Well, I just want to read you some scripture. Can we just can we just go to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about what you say? about the things that you speak. This is James chapter three, and we're gonna go to a few places, but James chapter three, starting in verse three, it says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, in other words, I'm, this is a comparison to what we have just read. We can take these small things and make big things happen. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Listen, the things that come out of your mouth can corrupt your entire body. The things that you say can corrupt everything else. This is saying you can, you, can, you can take a horse and make that horse do whatever you want it to do by just this little thing. You can have a huge ship and you can make that ship turn wherever you want it to go just by this little thing. And in the same way, your tongue is a little thing. But it has the power to corrupt everything. It has the power to corrupt your entire body what if there are things going on in your body let me just submit this thought to you what if there are things going on in your body that are going on in your body because of the words that you've been speaking there are things going on inside of you that may be going on because of words that you've said for the last seven years because of the way that you've spoken over yourself for the last 10 years for the, because of the things that you've said over the last six months, now there are things going on inside of you. All because of this little thing that we didn't think had that much power. But it does. And as believers, as, as followers of Jesus, we're called to speak differently. Speak differently. Proverbs 18 verses 20 and 21 says, From the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life. Well, does it really matter what I say? Does it really matter what I'm speaking over my kids? Does it really matter what I'm saying about my spouse? Does it really matter what I'm saying about my health? Does it really matter what I'm saying about the people in my life? Absolutely, because death and life are in the power of what? It's in the power of the things that you say. One study of these verses, it tells us this. I just want to read this to you. It says, the approach a person takes in his speech will return to him. If his speech is wicked, he will get his fill of depravity. If his speech is honorable, he will get all the good things he needs. The tongue is powerful. Prudent speech brings life, and wicked or excessive speech brings death. Another thing I find interesting is under point number one, we read Proverbs 4.23 that our thoughts matter and our thoughts are running our lives. And so we have to be careful what we think about. And it tells us about that. But immediately after that, the next verse tells us that to avoid all perverse talk and to stay away from corrupt speech. 
be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life and avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. The, this book of wisdom, it might need any wisdom, tells us that our thoughts matter and the way that we speak matters. And so we have to pay attention to the things that we're saying. And so as followers of Jesus, we're called to speak differently. Listen, when the world is speaking negatively, believers are speaking positively. Let me just pause here for a moment. Can I submit to you, we are not good at this. Because there are many of us who would call ourselves followers of Jesus that speak in the same way that others do. But listen, we're called to speak differently because our words matter. When, when the world is speaking negatively, believers are speaking positively. When the world is speaking death over circumstances, believers are speaking life over circumstances. What if you just spoke life over everything? Somebody brings something to you and there's something going on in the world and they're like, whoo, we're just all going to die. It's just all downhill from here. Have you been paying attention to what's going on in the news? <laughs> and you just and, and it's like the first thing comes out of your mouth, it's like, yeah, I'm just trusting God. I believe that God is faithful. I believe that God is good and God's gonna see us through. And I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know God's on my side and He's not gonna leave me or forsake me, and He's not gonna leave and forsake you. And so what if we spoke different? <laughs> what if we quit just joining in with everything that everybody is saying? When the world is speaking about hopelessness, believers are speaking about the hope that we have in Jesus. When the world is speaking that there isn't anything else that can be done about that sickness, believers are speaking that we've been healed by his wounds. When the world is speaking down to their kids, believers are calling out the potential in their kids. When the world is speaking about the problems in their marriages, believers are speaking life and encouragement and the word of God into their marriages. Listen, what you say matters. We have got to stop, we have got to stop this casual thinking about whatever we want to think about, saying whatever we want to say because it really doesn't matter and it really doesn't make that much difference in the way. No, it is making a difference one way or another. And this, this proverb says that those who love it will eat its fruit and that we are satisfied, our stomachs are satisfied by the things that we're saying. In other words, what you say is getting on the inside of you. What are you speaking as a Christian, we're called to speak differently. And here's point number three. It's simply this. We gotta, we gotta think differently, we gotta speak differently, and number three, we have to live differently. We have to live differently. Now, I wanna, I wanna read this. These are three or four verses that you have probably read before, but I, want to, I wanna point some things out in this because I think that a lot of times we read over these verses and we're like, oh, that sounds cool. Oh, we should put that on a t-shirt. Oh, I should put that on my refrigerator. Oh, I should put that on my car. But are we actually, are we actually applying what is said? And this is in Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus is speaking, and he tells us this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good, look at this, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. And then he goes on, he says, and you are the light of the world. 
Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Listen, the way that you live your life matters. Well, we're saved by grace, we're not saved by works. Yes, you are. But what you do with your life matters. The way that you live your life, it matters. If, if salt isn't doing what salt was created to do, then it is worthless. It's worthless. You are salt and you are light. And listen, when most people, even Christians, are just trying to blend in and go with the flow, you and I are called to be salt and light. And let me tell you something, salt and light does not blend in. Salt and light does not just go with the flow. Salt and light does not just just slip through life and, and not be noticed. You are salt and you are light. Salt preserves and light exposes. Jesus said, you are salt and you are light. In other words, he's saying, you are a preserver and you are an exposer. You are salt and you are light. Our lives are meant to preserve the gospel message and Christian values. Listen to me for a minute. Your life as a follower of Jesus is meant to preserve gospel and Christian values. What Jesus said is right. What God's word says is right. In a world that is throwing away Christian biblical views, we're called to be the salt that preserves them. We are called to be the salt that preserves them. We're called to give good flavor, if you will, to the world. There's enough bad flavor. You are salt. You are a preserver. In a, in a world of darkness, we're called to be light givers. Light givers. Now let me say this. Our lives are meant to expose the darkness. And as I was thinking about this and I was praying about this, this thought kept coming to my mind. And it's this idea that when we walk into the room, If you are a follower of Jesus and he said you are salt and you are light, when you walk into the room, darkness should get nervous. (laughs) When you walk into the room, think about this for just a moment. I know this is kind of silly and this is kind of crazy, but when you walk into the room, think about your life and the way you live your life as a Jesus follower. When you walk into the room, is darkness like, oh, they're here again, but they're really not all that powerful. I was even thinking about it in this way. If you have, listen to me, if you have people in your circle, you have people around you, you have people at work, at your job, your career, and you are light and they're living in darkness, when you get around them, there should almost be this sense of, I'm uncomfortable. Because I'm living in darkness and your light is shining all over my darkness. (laughs) And I don't like it. Because I want to keep in the dark. If you're, if you're non-believing, non-Christian people in your circle that you're around on a daily basis cannot tell that you're a Jesus follower because you don't act like light, we 
we have a problem. Because Jesus said, the way you live your life, you are salt and you are light. And you don't hide the light. Many of us walk around with our light hidden, just want to blend in. No, you're called to be different. You're called to stand out. You're called to walk into darkness and everybody's like, "Woo! I don't even know if I like them. Because they just shine light. And you may not be liked by everybody. Because darkness doesn't like the light. But instead of becoming a little more dim, so, and we just, become, we just put a little shade over our light, you know, I don't want to be too bright, you know, I just don't want to, I just don't want to offend some people. Instead of living that way, what if we just walked in and it was like, here I am. <laughs> I am the light. I'm carrying Jesus with me everywhere I go. And you may get nervous around me, and that's okay. Whenever you're ready to come out of darkness, I'll be here. We're called to be salt and light. We're called to preserve, and we're called to expose. Now listen, that doesn't mean that you just, <laughs> that doesn't mean you just criticize everybody, and you cut everybody down like, whoo, I'm just lighting up your darkness, baby. <laughs> There's a way to go about it. But you're called to be salt and light. And if you don't look like salt and light in the world, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. I want to bring the worship team back this morning. I found it interesting if you do a study of the word that is used for our phrase in this, this scripture of lost its flavor. This is what you'll discover, that it's used to mean tasteless and useless. But the root of that word can also mean dull or sluggish. And it means without an edge. When salt loses its flavor, it loses its edge. It's not cutting through anything. It's not impacting anybody. It's not doing what it was created to do. Listen to me. You are the salt and the light. When you became a follower of Jesus, you are salt and you are light. What if we started living like it? What if we stopped trying to hide in the shadows and we actually lived out our faith? And said, you know what, I'm salt and I'm light. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a shirt one time, let me lighten the mood a minute. I saw a shirt one time. And I thought, oh, we need that shirt. We need to be wearing that shirt. And it said, on the front of it, it's all it said. It had that scripture verse that said, salty and lit. <laughs> I thought, wouldn't that be something? We're just all walking around salty and lit. <laughs> salty and lit. Come on, we're going to get those shirts made. We're going we're gonna to give them away here at church. Salty and lit. Y'all going to be wearing it around town. I'm just salty and lit. <laughs> you can't tell me you wouldn't start some conversations with that. <laughs> In reality, though, that's what you're called to be. That's what you're called to be. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, it says this. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So look at this. So live as people of light. 
For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, what? Expose them. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, do what? If you're going to live as people of light, this is, look at it. Instead, expose them. Expose them. You don't have to be mean about it. But your life can expose it. People may get uncomfortable around you. That's all right. I'm called to be salt and light. I'm not going to be mean. I'm going to love you. I'm going to show you the love of Jesus, but I'm called to be salt and light. And I'm going to live my life in this way, and I'm going to, I'm going to preserve the gospel. I'm going to preserve Christian values and what the Word says, and I'm going to be a light giver. I'm going to shine my light everywhere I go. I'm not going to blend in. I'm not going to camouflage depending on who I'm around. Some of us are good at camouflaging ourselves when we get around certain people. When I'm around them, I got to be this way. When I'm around them, I got to be this way. Isn't that exhausting? What if you just live like a Jesus follower everywhere? Everywhere you went. I'm going to follow after Jesus. Living as people of light means adopting values that are the opposite of the surrounding culture. If you're going to live as a, as, a, as a person who's in the light, if you're going to live as light, you're going to have to adopt some values. You're going to have to preserve some values that are, that are counter-cultural. As followers of Jesus, we're called to live differently. When the world wants to hide sin, believers expose sin. When the world wants to normalize immorality, believers find their values in the word of God. When the world wants to water down or dismiss the gospel and the importance of what Jesus did, believers' lives preserve the truth about the importance of Jesus paying for our sins. When the world tells us that we should live how we desire to live because believers are living in a way that always points to Jesus. that we live our lives it matters the way that we think it matters the way that we speak it matters it matters will you stand to your feet today we're going to sing this song and I want to end with this so what are, what are we going to do as followers of Jesus what are we called to do how, how are we going to be different we're going to think differently because our thoughts run our life We're gonna speak differently because life and death are in the power or in the words that we say. And we're gonna live differently because salt brings good flavor and preserves the truth and light exposes sin and shows people the truth. Listen, when unbelievers look at the way you think, speak and live, here's the question. Do they see the difference? When somebody who's not following Jesus looks at the way that you think, the way that you speak and the way that you live, do you see the difference? And if the answer is no, then today's a great time to start. Because as followers of Jesus, we think differently, we speak differently, and we live differently, and it's all to bring glory to God. Every bit of it is to bring glory to God so that people will look on and it will bring glory to God. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you.
If our prayer team is here, you guys can go ahead and come on down. We're going to give you an opportunity to pray, be prayed for if you desire to. But I just want to pray over you. Will you just lift your hands all across this room? And let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for your word. We thank you for what for what we're called to do and how we're called to live. And we're called to think differently, we're called to speak differently, and we're called to live differently, all for your glory. All so that you can receive glory out of our lives, so that people will see you. Our lives in this way will point to you. So Lord, all across this room, I just, I don't pray for condemnation, but I pray for conviction. If we've been stuck in, in the wrong thinking patterns, our thoughts are running our life. God, would you, would you show us as we get in your word, would you renew our mind? Renew our mind. The things that we've been saying, that we've been speaking over our marriage, that we've been speaking over our kids, that we've been speaking over, over people around us, that we've been speaking over our job, that we've been speaking over our, our spouse, that we've been speaking over situations and circumstances and things that we don't even like. God, would you change the way that we're speaking about it. Lord, when, when, when we want to say something negative, would you turn it into something positive, God, that we would change the way that we speak, that we would change that habit in our lives. And Lord, I pray today that there are people all across this room that they are picking up the mantle to be salt and light in this world and that the way that we live our lives actually matters. And we're called to preserve the gospel, to preserve Christian values and to light up this world around us. Let us not dim our light to try to fit in but be transformed and to shine brightly no matter where we are we will follow you we will live for you we will be light everywhere we go Lord give it that a boldness stir up on the inside of us let a boldness stir up on the inside of us Lord I pray as we sing this song and we worship you in this way with lifting our hands and singing these words out. God, I pray that you would receive all the praise, honor, and glory. And if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, Lord, that you would draw them for prayer today. It's in Jesus' name we pray.